Good morning and uh, welcome as we continue our daily Bible reading for this uh, Tuesday, the 26th of October. We uh, continue to read through the historical book of, of Genesis, a book that uh, we believe is written by Moses, uh, obviously by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because this is these are events that happened before Moses was around. Uh, but God inspired him to, to write those, including going all the way back to the beginning of time when God creates the world in those six days. God inspired, or the Holy Spirit inspires Moses with those words, and he writes. And, and that's how the Bible describes inspiration, is that uh, carried along by the Holy Spirit, not writing um, uh, what they wanted to write, but what God wanted them to write, to put it down for us, so that we would have uh, uh, a basis for and, uh, and a background behind what we believe. And so today we're continuing in chapter 38 of Genesis, and, and we kind of take a little digression from the Joseph story that we got started with in the last couple of chapters of Genesis, where we left Joseph, if you look back in chapter 37, is uh, he is under, he's been sold to Potiphar, uh, the officer of Pharaoh, the, the captain's guard. Um, obviously, that has something to do with uh, Joseph's brothers, including Judah, who we're going to read about now in chapter 38, as Judah and the rest of the brothers come back to uh, uh, to their father. And now we read about the, the life of Judah. Now remember, Judah was the one who spoke up when uh, the brothers wanted to take the life of, of Joseph. He speaks up and says, no, let, let's don't kill him. Let's, uh, let's sell him off to this group of, of Ishmaelites that have come along in the caravan, uh, who eventually then take him uh, to Egypt too. So Judah speaks up for him. Uh, but here in, in chapter 38, we've just got an incredible digression from what God wanted his people to do. People struggling and, and rebelling against God and, and not doing what God calls them to do. So in chapter 38, it says that Judah takes a, a wife. Um, and it doesn't really, uh, uh, the language isn't like with, you know, with Adam and Eve, you know, that Adam knew Eve and then they conceived a child. It's a, you know, a take take a wife kind of thing. And and so the language there is is not really respecting the, the gift of marriage that God has given to us. Besides the fact that Judah takes a wife from from the Canaanites, that's from, from people who, who deal with and worship false gods. So there's an issue right there. And of course, it comes out then uh, in Judah's life as he, with the this new wife give birth to three sons, and the sons are Ur and Unan and, and also Shelah. And then Judah chooses a wife for her, which wasn't uncommon in that time, that the parents choosing uh, wives or husbands for their children, them being older, knowing a little bit more, wanting the best for their child, uh, seeing things from a different perspective. So that kind of lining up of marriages uh, wasn't uncommon. Um, so he chooses a, a wife for her, and her name is Tamar. And you want to remember that name because you're going to hear about her a bunch throughout the rest of the chapter. Ur is not a good son. He doesn't worship God. He, he's wicked in God's sight, and God takes his life. So as was the custom in that time, so that the family line would be, would be continued on, the next son was supposed to marry that wife, uh, his, father, his brother's wife, and have children through her so that that name would be carried on, for firstborn son being the, uh, the most significant in carrying on the family line. Now you remember in the Gospels, Jesus gets confronted by the Sadducees of his time to try to try to prove that there really is no resurrection of the dead, which is what the Sadducees believed. And they give Jesus this ridiculous story of, you know, an oldest son marrying a girl, he dies, the next son marries her, he dies, he dies, all seven sons die, whose who's, uh, uh, wife will, will she be in heaven? And, and Jesus says, you're way off the mark. Uh, there is a resurrection. Uh, God will take care of that issue of who's married to who uh, when it comes to heaven. 
and, and we'll be okay with that. Um, so, so it happens then that the younger son who marries his older brother's wife uh, doesn't want to fulfill his duty there. And so it says literally, and here we get into some of the R-rated stuff. He, he has sex with her, uh, but he spill, he pulls out ahead of time and he spills the semen on the ground. Um, and God knows that. Now you can't hide from God. And, and so God also puts him to death. Well, now... Uh, um, you know, now Judah's worried that he's going to lose his third son if he gives uh, Tamar to his third son. So he says, why don't you wait a while till he gets a little bit older and then uh, and then I'll give him to you. Well, Judah sins again and he doesn't do that. He's not faithful. Um, and so Tamar, seeing that she's not going to be able to bear a child uh, if she keeps on this track, um, she dresses herself up as a prostitute, as a temple prostitute, uh, which is another sin, another strain away from God's ways. Judah sees her. Um, he has sex with her. And um, and then, uh, but he doesn't realize that's his daughter-in-law. So you've got all kinds of deception going on here and hiding and things like that. And, and what you see is God working even in the midst of this sinful world, uh, the sins that you and I deal with every single day, um, our own sins as well. We don't, uh, uh, as Paul says, there's none of us is righteous, no, not one. Uh, every single one of us is a sinner before God. Uh, we need a savior. And, and the irony of all of this is that eventually Tamar is going to give birth to twins. And one of those twins, Perez, as you read about in, in the last part of the chapter, uh, shows up in the line of Jesus. If you look in Ma Matthew chapter 1, you'll see him mentioned there, along with Tamar mentioned too, uh, that here is God even though this is a sinful world, uh, doesn't stay away. He continues to work through that uh, and eventually brings us the Savior in that way. So this is probably one of those chapters in the Bible where if you haven't been studying the Bible a whole lot, you're going to go, this is in the Bible? I can't believe that, but it's the real world. It's the real world we do we deal with every day. It's why we need to confess our sins to God. It's why we need to come clean before him. It's why we need God to create in us a clean heart um, and, and do that for us because we need a Savior. We really do. So God bless you as you read. Keep getting into that word. And uh, we'll pick it up with Joseph again uh, in chapter 39.